it's happening and it's like happening now and I still don't have like a suitcase <laughs> so that's a problem I don't want to say the med because everyone's gonna say the med <laughs> like literally yeah, everyone's gonna yeah. be like the med Russo oh oh god I think of course uh, meeting all the other students that attend U Chicago who come from very different places. But yeah, like the very fact that I can say these things is a, a part of my university experience here. I'm Olivia de Kaiser. Where else do you need to know? <laughs> Where are you from? Alright, so I'm from the north suburbs of Chicago, from a small town called Grays Lake. So my name's Sid, I'm from New Delhi, India. And first time I came here was for college, so I'd never actually been to the US before I came. To you, Chicago. Tamar, I am from New York City. Uh, my name is Madeline Callahan, and I'm from the northwest side of Chicago. My name is Jamie Ehrlich, and I'm from Marblehead, Massachusetts. Fatima Khan, I'm from the suburbs of Chicago, from a small town called Crystal Lake. Um, so my name is Catherine, and I'm from Shenzhen, China, which is an immigrant city right nearby Hong Kong. Caroline Olivero, and I am from Los Altos, California. My name is Ben Glover, I'm from South Florida. Daniel Jellens, I'm from Houston, Texas. I am Dahlia LaFell, and I'm from New Haven, Connecticut. Nick Hadjimichael, uh, I'm from Reston, Virginia. I'm Sahil Chatterjee. I am from the suburbs of Chicago. I don't say Chicago anymore because I got in trouble in freshman year when people were like, what street? And I was like, Metal Lakes. <laughs> Chase Harrison, I'm from Short Hills, New Jersey. I'm Anna Akoff. I'm from Elmhurst, Illinois, Chicago suburb. Josh, and I am from Hong Kong but I was born in Australia. Catherine Vega, and I'm from Plainfield, Illinois. David Milstein, from New York City. Julia. <laughs> um, and I'm from outside Boston. I'm Andrew, and I'm originally from New York. My name is Adam Beisman, and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. My name is Harper Groff, and I'm from Midway, Kentucky. Um, and if you've never heard of it, that's unsurprising, because it's literally midway between Frankfurt and Lexington, and it only has 1,600 people in it. I'm Emma, and I'm from Iowa. I'm Irene, and I'm from Rwanda. Maya Rodriguez, and I'm from Chicago. I'm Jan, and I'm from Germany. Max Friedman, and I'm from Westport, Connecticut. I'm Priyanka, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Adam Thorpe, I'm from St. Louis City. Hi, I'm Rosemary. I am from Hong Kong. Shreya Sood. Um, I am from Buffalo, New York. Stacy Ryman, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. Sagar Tiku, um, I went to high school in New Jersey, uh, grew up in Michigan, born in India, and I'm here. I am Monfried, I'm from Malaysia. I'm Mariana, I'm from New York. I'm Maddie Anderson, I'm from uh, originally Boston, Massachusetts, uh, but I moved when I was 13 to Hyde Park. Laura, I'm from New York originally. Catherine McDonald, <laughs> your roommate, <laughs> um, from uh, this little suburb called Hollywood, Florida, not California. Um, you don't have a big sign that says Hollywood. We do town. have a sign that says Hollywood. Uh, actually, funny story, we, uh, you know the movie Rock of Ages? Yeah. Um, so it was, like, supposed to be shot in, like, L.A., but they shot it in South Florida, and, um, our, like, local trash dump was where they shot the, uh, like, a scene on the Hollywood sign. Sylvia Cheever, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I am Caroline Hutton. I'm a. Do you want like name and age or any details? The last couple years only. Okay. Okay. I'm Caroline Hutton. I am from. 
West Indy, Illinois. I primarily grew up, but uh, also kind of Wisconsin. And I have some fun questions to ask before we get into the big one. Okay. In your four years here, what was your least favorite core class? Oh, <laughs> um, wow, that's a tough question. Chem 111. Can I call it a tie? No, we'll go natural hazards. Natural hazards. Has to be art 101, human beings and citizen. Calc 153 definitely left me in my TA's office near crying on like multiple occasions. <laughs> I think I downgraded to math 130s and it was still a miserable experience. Earth as a planet, I couldn't stand it. Yum wasn't the best time. Oh, language, I think language of the human. Plagues, past and present. Global warming. Yeah, PDS day after my first week of human class, just because my professor was kind of intimidating in the first place, and she would literally call people out, and then that was my first week in the U.S., and I was just really nervous if, if people can hear my accent, if my English is great, so I just literally started sweating every single time that I walk into that classroom. How about um, favorite restaurants in the area for you? <laughs> Same. <laughs> I like the pub. Yeah, but if we're going actually like restaurant, restaurant, I would go with uh, Pizza Capri. I don't want to say the Med because everyone's going to say the Med. <laughs> like literally everyone's going to be yeah. like, the Med! The Med. Mijishi is a traditional pick. The Med is just so convenient. The Med has a lot of great memories. My mom was like, you know, I heard that there's a restaurant had really good breakfast and President Obama really likes to go there. So I thought that was the Met. It turns out it wasn't the Met, but that's Met still was the first restaurant that we went to. Probably just Valois. It's like a classic. Valois. Oh God, I'm gonna say Valois, but someone told me it's Valois if you like speak French. First place I ever went to, I before I came to Chicago, I, somebody I worked with in an internship, they were like, oh, you have to go to this place called Mellow Yellow. So, yeah, like, no, no one, one really goes... No go, one ever says that. <laughs> I'm telling... That, see? Winner. I got, yeah, exactly. No, um, but it was the first place I ever went to, and my favorite meal ever is, like, chicken and waffles, fried chicken and waffles. And they make fried chicken and waffles, and it's really good, and that's probably why it's, like... If not the med, because I do love the med. I love med pizza, obviously. But, like, if not the med, then, like, mellow yellow. Red snapper. I go with noodles. Noodles? Probably noodles, actually. Probably Shinju. Uh, I think I'm most loyal to Shinju. I don't okay. know that I'd call it a good restaurant. But... <laughs> I would probably say snail. Snail? Probably snail tie. Actually, at this point, I had so much snail, I don't even want it anymore. Rip Clark's. Sentimentally, I have a huge fondness for Kikuya because I used to live in Broadview. Again, only, only the old ones know about Broadview. Um, and Kikuya was just like a short walk away. Cafe Coria is really underrated. I really like the new poke place, but as a classic, you always have to go with the med. Nile. Native foods. It's not in Hyde Park, like it's, it's in okay. Kenwood. Uh, Italian Fiesta. Pizza place. Have you been to the Tony's, Antony's? No. It's right by CVS. It's super good. Greek what? food, fast food. It's, it's amazing. It's by CVS on 53rd? Yeah, no one knows about it, but it's so good. Everything I've had there is amazing. It's like right next to the sit down. Yeah. Yeah, like to the left of it. It's like really? just new this year and it's so good. Salonica. Absolutely. Uh, it's too easy. I'm gonna miss Salonica. You can go there for breakfast, you can go there for lunch and get soup, you can go there for a snack and get hot chocolate, you can go there for a chicken parm dinner. It does everything. Gandos. More recently I feel like I like Nando's. Gotta be Nando's. 
Really? I really like Nando's. Yeah, I just really like the chicken. Like you can just get like half a chicken, uh, half a chicken, half a chicken breast. I want to say half a chicken. I don't know, half a pound of chicken. I don't <laughs> a know. A lot of chicken. Basically, a just lot. a lot of chicken. <laughs> Those two words don't go together, favorite and study. I've become a regret this year. Uh, fourth year? Yeah, fourth year. Because I just ended up with a friend group who like loved Ex Leave and then the table, the long table closest to Ex Leave, which we've named Steven. After an exhaustive <laughs> like period of deciding what to name this table, we came up with the least original name. Um, oh, easily hollowed. I love studying in hollowed. I think it's like the perfect, like as my professor said, it's like the perfect opposite of what East Chicago is, right? Like everybody thinks East Chicago is like the grind, no fun, no nothing. But there's something about like hollow that is very like a little classic, a little homey. First floor of the reg, the B level of first year. The law library. Classic econ major answer, but the Asaya grad lounge is so nice. Sanctuary or Fabiana's? Like second year, um... My friends and I somehow discovered this room on the fifth floor in the East Asian section of the reg. Um, it's like this really big room. It has no windows, but it fits like maybe like 16 people. And like if you want to like fuck around, like you can also just like fuck around. Like just sit in that room and like um, order food and just like sit and chat. But you can't just stay in one place because you have to use the time of moving place to place to procrastinate. You know how dogs circle around their beds before they lie down? Like I <laughs> tend to need to like... <laughs> like oscillate between like four different spaces before I can finally settle down and actually work. How about an author that you felt really strongly about after reading, either positively or negatively? That's a good question. Um, Freud. I think Freud is full of... I can't imagine what could have gone on in someone's life that they could intuit and interpret the world and people's behaviors in those ways. Yeah. And all the authors do that, that like you read, because they see the world totally differently and they change your perspective. But Freud, I was like, I don't understand where you're coming from. Do I want a penis? I don't know. But like <laughs> now I'm considering it only because you put it before me. Probably Durkheim. Like I feel like it's like very, like, um, just the whole idea of like collective effervescence, I think. Um, you can apply that to so much. Like you can kind of use it how you want. I guess that doesn't really answer your question because it's not like I strongly like or like dislike mm -hmm. him. It's just he's the one that I keep coming back to. Mm. I did not understand any of Durkheim or Marx. Marx, oh, Rousseau. Oh, oh, God. I had this social professor who um, like did her dissertation or whatever on Rousseau. So we spent like a month and a half on him. And it was just like, I get it. Contrast. Heidegger, I just can't understand his Dasein concept. I'm sorry, Larry McInerney, but it's so difficult. So there's the obvious choice of Plato. I really liked James Baldwin. I just read James Baldwin, The Fire Next Time, and I thought it was incredible. It was one of the best books I've ever read in my life. France Fanon. I really liked reading Susan Sontag. Simone de Beauvoir when we read her. In my poetry classes, I was introduced to Claudia Rankin, who I love, like, Don't Let Me Be Lonely. The guy that I read recently, like, touched me so much. His name is Kamara Ley, and he's uh, from Guinea. I really like Tolstoy. Um, I took War and Peace here and, like, loved the book. I had read Anna Karenina before, but, like, the class allowed me to, like, dive a little bit deeper. I think I had sort of three iterations of reading Nietzsche. 
and and each time I felt I I got a very different perspective. Nabokov's autobiography, Speak Memory, and I love that. And then my parents gave me Lolita for my birthday one year. ta Coates. I really disliked what Descartes had to say. Like, I just, I strongly disagree with his whole dualism uh, thing, and I think that a lot of what he was saying was kind of using the instrument of philosophy to justify previous beliefs instead of what I think is the best part of it, which is, like, tearing apart your previous beliefs. Often we read Descartes in the first week or two of the class to sort of set up this dichotomy between the body and the mind, or or um, the idea that we're just like machines, that we, we can be understood in a sort of like very rigorously scientific part-by-part part kind of a way. Um, oftentimes, I think um, he's useful to push back against. I very distinctly remember reading Genesis in my first year Hume, for sure. Um, and it was the first time I ever got to analyze the Bible, like from a literary perspective, and that was super fun, just because we would like analyze like the use of sex in this particular passage, and that was just like not a way I had ever thought of Genesis before, and that was really cool. I had a really positive and negative reaction to reading Marcus Aurelius second year. Um, there was a the the memorable quote is annihilation or metamorphosis, and I think. While I was reading that, I was going through some pretty crazy stuff, personally, for the first time in my life. And I think I realized that when you go through difficulties, you either come out of it um, changed for the better, or you can let it change you for the worse, depending on how you deal with it, who you surround yourself by. And I think it was also one of the first times that I was reading a philosophical text and felt it so seriously apply to real life, especially ancient philosophy. And I felt that that was a really moving way to bring history to current day. And then also to know that like human struggle is universal and that it's been with us across time. So Augustine's Confessions, which I read in Hume, like Winter Quarter, like changed the way I think about religion in a way that like I... Like, when I interview kids at admissions and they ask me about, like, the core, this is the story I always tell them. Um, and, like, I didn't grow up very religious, but I am Jewish and didn't know much about Christianity except that it was, like, what everybody else did. Um, and, like, there is, like, a... I don't know, I just, like, found reading Augustine, like, he lives this, like, very depraved life. He's, like, sleeping around a lot. It's, like, he's very immoral. And then he, like finds Christianity and, like, discovers, like, salvation, and, like, the way he writes it is so beautiful that I was, like, oh, like, I understand the appeal of, like, salvation, because Jews don't have that, um, and my Hume professor, who was, like, a visiting fellow, was Israeli, um, she was a total badass, and it was interesting because she was also Jewish, so when I went to talk to her about this, like, idea of finding salvation, she, like, was Jewish, but, like, also was a professor who had studied this stuff, um, and we just had a conversation that, like, about, like, an angry God versus a forgiving God that, like, just actually changed the way I thought about religion ever since. I kind of give an anthology, actually. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a particular author, um, but I took Anthropology of the Lived Body, and I read the book Beyond the Body Proper, um, which is an anthology I actually... Um, 
It's edited by Margaret Locke and Judith Farquhar, but it's, uh, it was life-changing. Why? Uh, so it really changed. I work a lot with bodies, actually. I work with bones. Um, but when I work with them, frequently they are dead, like they are dead things as opposed to living active things. Um, and it's easy to like kind of fall into the hole of thinking of them as objects as opposed to bodies that have experienced things. Um, but one of the things that I like about my field of bioarchaeology is that you are trying to figure out more about someone's lived experience based on what's left after they die. Um, and I think this book really changed my perspective on how we experience things and how the body as a filter affects our reality. I have to find it because I don't okay. actually know the page. Um, it actually kind of goes with the whole theme of figuring things out. Um, it's called Meredith's Embryology. Um, and it's actually a translation of a poem from a very, very small population of people. <laughs> um, but they have a philosophy about the way we're born. Um, and they essentially believe that when you're growing, when you're a fetus, you're essentially meditating on who you are for nine months. Um, and you in the final moments before you're born, God asks you three fundamental questions. Um, where is your strength and where is your power? What are your desires in life? Um, and when you know the answer and you tell God the answer, that's when you're born. And the minute you're born, all of the knowledge that you've accrued over nine months is scattered into the world and you spend the rest of your life collecting it. So that when you die, you finally have the same amount of understanding and knowledge about who you are as you did before you were born. Um, and I'm crying. <laughs> I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> um, I just think it's beautiful. Um, they call it 